from the campaign trail to the studio, Wesley Hunt continues the fight. Along with his brother, Rendon, they chronicle their family experience from slavery to West Point in four generations. Tackling the difficult conversations facing our country, they're on a mission to preserve the American dream. Buckle up and welcome aboard. You're in the hunt. I'm Wesley Hunt. I'm Rendon Hunt. And, and you're, you're in, in the, the hunt. hunt. We're going to skate to one song and one song only hey. on this episode. So go ahead and kick us off, man. When we first started this project, we made a commitment that we would talk about things that matter the most and that we weren't going to dodge any subject. And with what's going on in our country right now and what's happening in Afghanistan right now, there's only one topic to talk about. Yep. There's only one. We're going to be talking about our senseless and irresponsible betrayal of the Afghani people. One of the things that's happened over the past of the last couple of days is I've had a number of friends who served who have been in contact with interpreters who they worked with. <clears throat> and a lot of these interpreters have gotten back to these people and are sending text messages saying goodbye to these soldiers who they worked with. Damn. And they're saying goodbye because our country has given up on them and has abandoned them and are leaving them and their families to die. Hmm. And I'm seeing this repeatedly and repeatedly and having so many conversations about this and it makes me sick. And it also makes me sick that many of my fellow veterans believe or even have had the thought that this was all for nothing. That's not true, but... I would tell my brothers and sisters in arms it wasn't for nothing. Do you see how fast the Taliban was able to take control? Imagine where those people would have been for the past 20 years. Exactly. It was not for nothing. Oh, no. We, in, fact, in fact, our brothers and sisters provided 20 years' worth of safety, not just for the people of Afghanistan, but for the people right here in America. And let's be clear about something. Why did we go to Afghanistan in the, in the, in the first place? To overthrow the Taliban. Why? because Al-Qaeda was training under their tent. Yeah. And those were the same people that were coming over and going and globally murdering innocent people. So if you could imagine for the last 20 years, we provided a blanket of security for the world by keeping that part of the region safe. So no, it yeah. was absolutely not for not. You didn't that fail. Was you, you your, didn't government, fail. your government failed you. Yeah, in, in the end. Your government failed you. In the end, end. yes. And, and just the thought that people who have served so honorably would even have the thought that what they did didn't mean anything is, is, is it's pathetic. disgusting. It's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic. It, it's it's disgusting. Yeah. And as we think about more broadly, because one of the things that comes up, and we've had this conversation a long time, what gets conflated a lot is how we describe different organizations. In our country, we have made the mistake of conflating the Taliban and Al Qaeda, two different organizations, two different structures. The issue that we're talking about with the Taliban and specifically is they were in control of the country and they provided an environment yes. where Al-Qaeda could flourish and thrive and attack other countries like they attacked us on 9-11. And now they're back in charge 20 years later. What do you think is going to happen? 
What do you think is going to happen? And yet and still, now they're back in charge. We have large tech organizations in our country that are uncomfortable with the former president of the United States having a Twitter account. <laughs> but by God, I know everything that the Taliban is, is doing because they have a Twitter account. Yeah. They have a Twitter account. Yeah. These people who are literally at an airport beating people and shooting at people who are trying to get out of their country to provide a better lifestyle for their families because they fear for their lives. Yeah. Have, they have a Twitter account. But hey, they have a Twitter account. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper, too, over the course of the last few years and kind of how we got here. We've been talking about drawing down and leaving Afghanistan for years now. Okay. Yes. In fact, that should always have been the goal. Maybe not necessarily nation building, but to get to the point to where we could at least keep an eye on things, sustain some stimulus of peace, and then at some point be able to move on. Okay? For those people that think that that the moniker that's now come out, coming out of this is is ending endless wars. For the last 18 months, we've had 2,500 soldiers on the ground. 2,500. That's it. In the last 18 months. 2,500, a force the size of the Houston Police Department. Think about this, okay? Covering an area the size of Texas. For the last 18 months, we've had one combat-related death. You know what that's called? That's called stability. And by the way, 2,500 soldiers is a drop in the bucket. That's a rounding error for our defense budget. That's nothing. And somehow we were able to find a balance between having that small force there, also making sure that we maintain air superiority for the sake of the Afghan military to keep the peace. That's the whole point. Also, we had a conditions-based drawdown. We will remove soldiers as long as the Taliban adheres to X, Y, and Z. If you don't, there's going to be consequences, and the consequences will be swift and dire. That was the policy of the last administration. And that's why, if you've noticed, Rendon, for the past three or four years, have you heard anything about Afghanistan? No. Why? We were doing pretty good. The only thing Joe Biden had to do was nothing. But here's what his predecessors got. I'm talking about President Bush in Afghanistan for, for almost eight years. Interestingly enough, Joe Biden's boss, President Obama, do you think he wanted to leave? Of course he did. Why did he stay for all eight years of his presidency? Interesting. Oh, President Trump, four years to get out. He didn't get out, did he? Why? Because he listened to the people around him and understood that that area is a melting pot for terror and we can't take our eyes off it. Well, and Joe Biden wanted his 9-11 moment. He wanted to say 20 years later, we have zero troops in Afghanistan. He didn't care about anything else. He didn't listen to anybody else. He was so blinded by having his moment that the idea of pulling out 2,500 troops and maintaining air superiority somehow in his mind was too much. And not only was it too much, did you watch the briefings today from the Department of Defense and the Department of State? <laughs> not only was it too much, we pulled out of this country with no strategy 
on how to get the Americans out. <laughs> There's 15,000 Americans still there. Are there? Because we have no clue how many people are there. Do you know why we know that they don't know? Because they flat out said in a press conference today, how many Americans are in Afghanistan? I, I don't, don't know. know. So that somehow is acceptable? Our Department of State and Department of Defense are not allowing the soldiers on the ground to go save Americans in Afghanistan. British paratroopers are going out and saving our people right now, and we can't go and save our people because our government will not allow us to do it. Our longest-serving ally yes. is doing this, doing the work for us to save our people right now. That is wrong. It's wrong. And for those people that think that how long is too long and how long should we stay there? You have to understand something. Again, I keep harking back to this. 2,500 troops is nothing. That's virtually us not being there. That's virtually us monitoring and understanding what's going on in that area, in that region, so that we can fight back terror as it rears its head. That That's the whole point of having a small force there. So now, do you know what we have to do, Rendon? We have to send 6,000 Marines to go clean this mess up. And that's just the beginning, Wesley. Of course it is. That's just the beginning. Because now we have to figure out if the Taliban is now going to provide another hotbed for terror, it's going to be a lot more than 2,500 people that are going to go out there to fix this. So now what are we going to have to do to get the situation back to where it was a year ago? Oh, and, and not only that, what are we going to have to do to get the situation back to where it was a year ago? Guess what? We left a oh. weapons cache there, too, for them to fight us with. Unreal. We left Apache helicopters for them to fight us with. I want to be absolutely clear on this, too. Absolutely clear on this. You can't blame Trump for this. Period. I don't want to hear that argument. You and I have a very interesting take on how we view presidencies and their legacies. Absolutely. Once you're in, I'll give you a month, maybe two. And it's yours. It's your job at that point. You don't get to tell me, well, the previous, we inherited this, we inherited this. we Because if that's the case, let's go all the way back to George Washington. Yeah. Okay? Well, you want the job, you got about 60 days, I'll give you that kind of wiggle room, and it's yours. The economy is yours. The border is yours. The budget is yours. Taxes are yours. Defense is yours. I don't want to hear this, the last and previous administration. Well, and it's your job. And by the way, the last and previous administration had a conditions-based Extraction. So what that means for lay people is if you meet the conditions, then we pull out. Well, why the hell didn't we pull out? Well, it's because all the conditions weren't met. And the, and the previous administration That's how that works. knew that. That's how that works. That's why they settled on having around 2,500 people there for the past year. Because anything less than that, things start getting a little sticky. Let's keep it right here, and let's see how it goes. And you want to know what the Taliban did? Waited this out. They waited till he was gone. Yeah. They waited for weakness. They waited for Corn Pop Joe and Kamala Harris. That's exactly what they waited for. Because they knew they could literally get away with murder. With impunity. They knew it. And they waited us out. And we let them do it. And one of the things that we see right now is look 
everybody is not a subject matter expert on Afghanistan. Hell, I'm not a subject matter on Afghanistan. Yes. Right? Well, hell, ask the people who are subject I can tell you he's not a subject matter expert on it. It's not Joe Biden. Obviously not. But ask the, ask the people who served in these administrations. Ask Leon Panetta. Yeah. Right? Secretary Se of Defense in a Democratic administration. Secretary Gates. Ask Secretary Gates, Secretary of Defense in a Democratic and a Republican administration and was a director of the CIA. Ask those people. They're the ones who are the experts who have been studying this, and it was abundantly obvious to them that this was a bad idea. You know who else it was abundantly obvious to? Barack Obama. Every other president we've had in this generation. It was abundantly obvious to these people. Do, do, do they want us out? Yes. Of course. Of course everybody wants us. And, of course. And, and for me, like, look, I know people that have died R fighting R in that Brandon. war. Hell, of course I, I, I want us to get out. But you know what else I want? I want America to be safe. Yes. And so we're having this conversation of why we go to war and what is the strategy and what are we telling the people? Look, let's be honest. We can talk about we're not in the in the in the business of nation building and all these types of things, or it's not possible to nation build in certain places. Tell the women of Afghanistan that. Tell women who have had more rights in the past 20 years than they had in the 2000 before that. And just like that, it's gone. And it's gone. Tell them that. Tell them we're not in the we're not in the the business of nation building. Tell them that. And are you familiar with the CNN reporter that was following the Taliban? You'll see on your screen she was saying they were mostly peaceful. They charged at her with a gun one hour ago. Wow. Wow. And democracy and nation building doesn't matter. Really? Tell that to Germany. Tell that to Japan. Tell that to South Korea. You know, as you bring this up, too, as you bring this, those are that's an excellent point. As you bring this up, the ramifications. We still have troops in all those places, too. Oh, of course we do. Of, of course we do. It's it's. And by the way, I don't consider that to be nation building. I call that keeping an eye on humanity. <laughs> 2,500 2500 soldiers and their superiority ain't nation building. We had it right. Let's cut the crap. What I don't like right now where we are, this is the weakest we've been since Jimmy Carter. This is the weakest we have looked since Jimmy Carter. And let me tell you something about Pakistan hmm. and China and Iran and Russia. <laughs> right now, we look like chum in the water. Yeah. And don't think for one second they aren't watching this. Oh, um, well, I mean, you look at China and Russia have already uh, started having conversations with the Taliban and are recognizing them as a government. <laughs> Interesting opportunity there. Yes. In Afghanistan, we know that money flows through all of this. Yes. There's always follow the money. Now you're talking about a country that borders China that has some pretty lucrative, precious minerals. Yes. They're willing to have conversations. And now, guess what? We, America, land of the free, home of the brave, who has moral authority most of the time and tries to do right by the rest of the uh -huh. world, we're cut out of this. We're not even part of the conversation anymore. So I don't trust that China and Russia are going to do the right thing. Hell, China's protecting their own interests. What about Taiwan? Yeah. 
What about Taiwan? China's already threatening Taiwan. Yeah. And, and you want to know what, the, what they're telling Taiwan? They can't trust that the Americans are going to help. They them. ain't going to help you. They're not going to be there. They can't trust that the Americans are going to. This is the first time in my lifetime that our country is viewed on a national stage as truly untrustworthy. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's been president. It's like, hey, if you really mess up and do the wrong thing, America's going to step in. Where's our I vice president, president right president now? Is. Where's our vice president right now? Our vice president is in Vietnam. Say it again. Vice president's in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Leadership, huh? Leadership. So, Renna, the only way out of this, unfortunately, is you're talking about trying to draw down, and we're surging to have to draw down. The only way out of this at this point is how in the hell are we going to get back to six months ago, a year ago? How do we do that? It's going to take us years to do that, Wesley. So the next and question— And it's going to endanger the lives of more soldiers and sailors and Marines to do that. And that's best case scenario, right? Yeah. Worst case scenario is we just set the table for another 9-11. <laughs> so if we don't do that, that's what's going to happen. And then I'm going to tell you something else too, Rendon, that really just bothers me so much. So we don't have a secure Afghanistan. Taliban is back in charge in Afghanistan. And just... In this year, we've had 1.3 million illegal border crossings. Brendan, they don't even have to fly planes to get creative. They could just walk across the border. So you can't have an unsecure Afghanistan and an unsecure southern border at the same time. This is a national security conversation. This is a scary time, man. It's unreal. It's a scary time. And let me tell you something. Do not get in this like there, there, there is no excuse for this. There really isn't. At a bare minimum, you don't have a plan to get out to get Americans out. At a bare minimum, even now that you have royally screwed this up, okay? The only way out of this is say, my bad. We, we got to turn this around. We got to turn this around. Well, and, and then the broader question is, how can we have had no clue in all of this for so long? <laughs> right? It's a whole idea of, okay, if I we— didn't know it could happen that fast. It, it would be 30 to 90 days. It was 30 to 90 hours. We had no clue that this was going to—and and then once again— all of the people who are experts are telling you, don't do this, this is a bad idea. But if you do do it in a bad idea, this is what the timeline looks like. Well, they were right, it was a bad idea, and their timeline was wrong because it was actually faster than, they, than we thought that this could happen. Yeah. Okay? And so we're sitting in a situation right now where you mean to tell me that the leader of the free world has no clue what these timeline looks like, no clue the ramifications of the decisions that he's making. And then after he makes these poor decisions, he's willing to get on national TV and address the American people and say it was everybody else's fault but his. <laughs> but the buck stops with him. The buck stops with me, and I'm not going to make any excuses, but, but everybody else messed up. 
except for the Taliban. You notice that? Mention everybody else except for the Taliban. And look, and I understand the idea that, yes, at some point, the people have to want to, to be free and the I people have that. to be willing to fight. I understand that. that. Is a, of course, I understand that. That's the genesis of our country yeah. and who we are. But you know what else those people probably expected and those soldiers probably expected? A little support, man. Yep. little support. I mean, think about it. You you have children. It's like, well, I have expectations that my kids can do X, Y, Z, but are you going to leave that to chance? No. Oh, yeah, my four-year-old could probably figure out how to feed themselves, and, and if I'm gone for the weekend, like, no. oh, let me just go ahead and leave and figure out if that happens. We'll leave some peanut butter. What? And something that's so consequential. <sighs> in a region that's so consequential. And even the timing of all this, right? You leave right when you know that the Taliban is going to come out from the mountains. Yeah. You leave in the middle of the spring fighting season. Yeah. Right when you know that they're going to come back and do, like, you don't leave when they all go up to the mountains for the winter. Yeah. You leave when you know that they're going to come back. It's a joke. There are, watching, <coughs> watching the videos of... Americans trying to get on planes to get back here and watching walking through gunfire to do it. Watching the videos of Afghan people with complete disregard for the health and care of their babies and infants trying to get them to this country. Rendon watching Afghanis cling to an airplane mm, taking and off fall to their death. Falling their deaths to it. That wasn't preventable? kidding me but i'm gonna tell you a quick story about the american soldier this is why i love the american soldier and if those that are listening you the listener this is the spirit of the american soldier we could turn this around we sure can we could turn this around in 30 days yeah. let's be clear about something every active duty marine airman soldier Put us on a plane, get us over there, so we can get our people. Let's go get our Americans. We gotta get our people back, Rendon. Yeah. Those are our countrymen. Yeah. Don't let political expediency stop the American soldier from doing his or her job that you signed up to do. Yeah. Sure, it may cost you the election in 2024. Do the right thing. Sure. Sure. It's it, all, it, honestly, it's already cost you the election in 2024. At this point, at this point, I don't want to see any more of this like, foolishness. This is an unmitigated disaster. This is, this is ridiculous. Like, 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 and, and, and you see it because this is not a Republican and Democratic thing. No. Every, I can turn on CNN right now, and, it, it, and it, the it, headlines are something that's tantamount to the dumpster fire that's happening right now. Yes. It doesn't matter what, what network you turn, turn on right now. Yes. Okay, this is a disaster. When Democrats from a Democratic administration are saying how bad this is, this is a disaster. Yes. Barack Obama is oddly silent right now. Of course, Brendan, he was the president for eight years and did nothing this stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's why he's silent. And it wasn't that long ago, by the way. Yeah. That's why he has nothing to say about this, because it's, it's flat out wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, because we are concerned with, rather than listening to the people who are experts on counterterrorism, war fighting. We're not going to get their input and take their input 
so that we can save our country people in Afghanistan, we're going to make them go do studies on critical race theory so that they're not teaching that at academies. Right, and why? That, that, that's, what, that's what we're, we're going to put them in front of Congress so that they can talk about, uh, you know, the about ranks, white, the ranks of the rage. military about and white, white privilege rage. and white rage. They're going to talk about that because what we're while, not while doing— While Afghanistan burns to the ground. What we're not doing is taking their insight and opinions on what they've trained to do for their whole entire lives so that we can keep Americans safe. General Milley is talking about white rage, and a month and a half later, Afghanistan is a ball of fire. The people that we've trained, that we've put Think the money that. and the effort and education in so that they can lead our country successfully in our warfighting efforts. And we're talking about CRT at West Point. And that's, and that's what we're spending our time doing, and, and quite frankly, we'll listen to them on that when they have an opinion on that, but why in the hell wouldn't we listen to them when they have an opinion on how to fight wars for this country? Rendon, what's so fascinating, and I keep harkening back to this dude, and that's like, and that's like, we weren't even in a war anymore. For the last two years, we weren't even fighting. Yeah. Like, we just created this. Like, literally, in the last 72 hours, we just did this. This was not the case before. We were doing just fine before. And I, I struggle with, the biggest struggle I have is in everything that happens in life, there is a cost-benefit analysis. Yes. Everything in life. There is a trade-off yes. for everything that we do in life. Everything. Yes. And the frustrating piece for me with this particular situation is the only thing that I can bring myself to believe that the administration had to gain is to say that they were able to do something. Rendon. That's that's it. Rendon. Let me lay this is this is my this is Wesley Hunt talking. This is my personal that's it. opinion. Joe Biden How is, selfish is that? Joe Biden's not special, he's never been special. Okay. When you look at the presidencies that, that have I mean that's why he ran for president three times and got shoehorned in this last time because of COVID. And and again, he didn't run a campaign. He literally sat in his basement. Okay. So if you look at, if you go back to... That's better than sitting at Camp David while, uh, while Americans are being, <laughs> or throwing themselves at airplanes. Right? I mean, right? So I don't care. I want to do an exercise with you. And, and, and I, don't want, I don't want people to, to, to care if it's a D or an R or, or how you feel about the person personally. But, but George W. Bush was special. Talk to anybody that talks about George W. Bush. He apparently he he had the the the, the gift of connecting. Barack Obama was special. He was special. Care what you I don't care what you say. He was special. special. Donald John Trump. He was special. He was different. He was special. And Joe Biden wants to be special. So he thought that by doing this and by being able to say on 9-11, I, I got all the troops out of Afghanistan and I ended the war. Well, you better have that written down on paper because he's not going to answer any questions about it. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. I mean, how, like, how do we... And by the, by, the, by the way, by the way, the brief he had, was that today? He didn't address Afghanistan. He was talking about covid That was yesterday. He was talking yesterday. About, he was talking about booster shots while Afghanistan was on fire. While people were falling out of airplanes. 
He was Joe talking Biden about booster, booster shots. shots. We're watching all this, by the way. And I don't care what party you're, you're, you're in or how you affiliate or what you're affiliated with. This is a colossal screw up. But once again, Wesley, it goes back to what you were saying. No matter, look at the news coverage, look at whatever you we read. We all agree on this. Everybody agrees on this, man. We like, all agree like, on like this. Like 2024, and, and I mean, I hate to, to jump to the next phase, 2024 is going to be a huge referendum. Because like, let me tell you what's not happening. Nobody's coming to his defense on this. Yeah. Rachel Maddow had people on yesterday that were talking about, hey, yeah, this is really messed up and we got to get the interpreters out. Rachel Maddow had people on saying that. Yeah. Okay? Nobody's coming to his defense on this. This was wrong. Yes. We had somebody in a leadership position and they made a really, really, really bad call and should be held accountable for it. Yeah. This is wrong, man. And I would say this if it was a Democrat, Republican, you know me. Yes. You know me. I, I am not saying this because he is a Democrat. Yeah, I know you would. I'm I know. saying this because this was a boneheaded move. Yes. It and was an unforced error. Preventable. Preventable. Just like I said, Rendon, the only thing he had to do was nothing. And Wesley, here's the thing. Don't give me that garbage. I, I, I'm getting so sick and tired of hearing that garbage of, well, I told the people that I'm getting out, so I'm getting out. Yeah. I mean, hell, I tell my kids that they can have ice cream at 10 o'clock at night. doesn't mean I have to give it to, to them. them. Right. Like, right. Wait, like, like, what kind of responsible leadership attribute is that? Well, you know, I told the people I had to get out. So, so I left. So, so, you know, we had to go ahead and leave. You're, you're the leader. You yeah. have more information and intelligence, or you're supposed to have more information and intelligence than everybody else if you choose to listen to it. Right. If you choose to listen to the experts who provide that intelligence to you. Our past three presidents, Democrat or, or Republican, never did this. They had the same intelligence, and they said, this is a bad idea. So wh why are you different, Joe? Didn't Barack Obama run on getting us out of Afghanistan, of too? he did. But when he saw the layout, it was like, yeah, this isn't a really good idea. I'll give you another one, too. The Patriot Act. President Obama ran on getting on doing away with the with the uh, with the Patriot Act. He got there. He was like, "This is some real scary stuff here." Hold on, hold on a sec. Yeah. Do, do you know why? Because I expect my leaders to have judgment. Yes. And I expect my leaders to make calls that I wouldn't necessarily to protect make. Protect us. Because they know that these things will protect us in the long run. They have not, more information. Not put us in more danger. Yes. And how frustrating is it to see leaders that have more information? And willfully ignore it. Yeah. Yes. All the people who had these briefs, all these people who, and, and it, it's not just from, like I said, it's not just from the Republican side. It's not just like, hey, uh, did you see that that article that John Bolton wrote? No, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm talking about people that were in Democratic administration. Yes. Yes. At the senior levels. Yes. Who knew that this was a horrible idea? When Leon Panetta is lighting you on fire. You done messed up, bro. And not to mention, you want to talk about just the irony of all ironies. This is somebody who was the head of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate yeah. and who ran on foreign policy chops. What's the Gates? Hey, Matt. What's the Gates quote? Pull, pull up the Gates quote. I, I, want this done. I want this stated perfectly. One moment. Yep. Go ahead. Yeah. This this is somebody who ran on the chops that I have more 
international foreign relations experience than anybody else. And because of that, I can propel our country into a better place on the world stage. And now we're not looking too good in front of China, Russia, others. Go ahead. Uh, thanks to uh, Wesley Hunt quoting this in his op-ed penned this morning on foxnews.com. <clears throat> Secretary Robert Gates, formerly of both the Bush and Obama administration, said, and I quote, I think he has been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. End quote. The guy who was the Secretary of Defense while he was the Vice President. Exactly. And was Secretary of Defense while he's ahead of the Senate exactly. Foreign Relations Committee. This is unconscionable. It's pretty bad. This is unconscionable. It's pretty bad. Unconscionable. And, and again, back to the idea of everyone drawing down. President Trump was talking about drawing. We've been drawing down for the last four years. Yeah. We didn't see this at all. Because, because, because you see, there weren't threats that were made. There were promises that were made. If you step out of line here, I promise you you're going to pay for it. And they said, three bags full. Yes, sir. And to put things into perspective, we had 2,500 troops there. Currently in Germany, a country we haven't been at war at in 80 years, we have 38,000. That's, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Rotating it through was, Germany. Was that, was that nation building? Was that nation building? I'm sorry. I have a question for you. How, how many soldiers do we have in Korea right now, Matt? One moment. I, I have a question for you, if you're willing to take questions. I, I, I'm not Joe Biden, so yes. Yeah, yeah. Are, are you willing to take yeah, questions? Yeah, yeah, I'll take, I'll take questions. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a question for you. Do you think that our world is in a better place because Germany has accepted democracy? <laughs> It's not a load. It's not a loaded question. The answer is yes. I'll give you an answer to that the answer is yes. What about Japan? Do you see the 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 economic fervor in Japan? You think you think you think, you think they're better off because of it? Take a page out of your book. I actually just got done reading Killing Patton. It's a great book. So it's an it's an exceptional book. Yeah. And when you look at that generation, and you look at you you, you want to talk about Germany and where the world was with them, and, and 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 Japan and Italy. When you look at that, are you are you are you telling me that if not for the United States, we would be speaking German everywhere? The whole world would be speaking German if not for us. Das ist schwächtig. <laughs> Go ahead, Matt. It means that's correct in How many, German. I, I, right I, I got you. Yeah. I got you. Wee wee. Oui, oui. um, <laughs> as of March 11th, 2021, this is according to military.com, there are 28,000 U.S. troops currently stationed Think in about South that. Korea. 28,000 stationed in South Korea. Rendon? What I want people to get out of this is that elections have consequences and leadership matters. Sometimes you have to put your emotions aside and look at pure competency and policy and behavior. Joe Biden has had gaffes and made mistakes for 40 years. For those people that don't like government and, and don't like politics, he's been a part of the system since before I was born. Well, let me tell you, this is all connected. And I tell people this all the time when, you know, I'm a politics wonk and I follow yep. this stuff and I read about it. And 
it reminds me of the movie uh, The Devil Wears Prada. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. Have you seen that movie? Of course I've seen it. It's, 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 it's a very underrated dude, movie. It's dude. such a good movie. Yeah. Well, where it, 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 oh, it is, by the way, it's, a, it's an it's excellent a, it is, movie. It is. Okay, it is, Meryl Streep it is, crushes it is so good. that movie. Well, there, there's a moment where Meryl Streep. And, 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 and Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway was born on November 12th, the day before I was born. Ah, cool. I'm not going to lie. Same year? I used to, uh, she's a year ahead of me. Right? I, I made, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's yeah. born. It. So here's terrible the thing. Cat I used woman. to, I used to, she was a horrible cat woman. She's a terrible cat woman. You know, I used to have. A, this is I used to have a really big crush on, on Anne Hathaway. It, so continue. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I haven't stalked her or anything. I don't know. There was there was a moment in a Devil Devil Wears Prada where Meryl Streep's character was talking to Anne Hathaway's character about the color blouse she was wearing, right? Yes, I love the scene. And she just breaks down, like, you think that you're just wearing this color because oh, yeah. you went and picked it out from the store. Yeah. But she breaks down, like, no, like, this designer wanted that color for their yes. collection and blah, 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 for blah, this blah, season. blah, 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 blah. how much it which, costs. This which so much... led to you getting to the point where you actually are getting that on a discount rack at a department store. Yeah. Like, that's how important it is. So people yes. who say, I don't care about politics, I don't care about politics, well, you know, it's the same thing that we always say in church, right? I don't care about God. Well, God cares about, about you. you. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what. Politics care about you. Yeah. Because the same time that we're not held, holding people accountable for shutting down potential terrorist hotspots in other parts of the world. <laughs> Think about this. If we're not doing that, yeah. these are the same people that we're voting in that don't prevent that. That could be a potential 9-11 type attack. It affects us all. This is important. I got, Voting I, is important. I have Being engaged is important. Being engaged is important, and actually knowing policy is important. Yeah. Not not mean tweets and being a jerk. No, no, no. Like, like what are we doing policy-wise to keep us in the world safe? Yeah. Pay attention to that. And I will also say this, Rendon. While we're talking about movies, Constantine, one of my favorite it's movies. very good movie. Okay. Yeah. Keanu Reeves, yeah, one of my good. favorite actors of all time. He's great. Constantine plays an ex he he plays a priest who does exorcist on, on yeah. I'm sorry ex exorcisms on people yeah. and there was just one scene where he was talking to a guy and the guy said I don't believe in the devil and he replies back the devil believes in you hmm. to your point I'll hmm. never forget that scene yeah for those people out there I don't watch the news I don't I don't pay it I don't like I don't like to get into that I don't want to talk about it's it, a, it's affecting your life it is and 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 it can potentially be affecting your life in a profound yes. way you don't care about politics look at what's happening with covid right now the people that we're the people that we're electing are making the decisions from a health policy standpoint about how we're going to conduct our lives yes so you don't care about it you should probably start caring about it you should start caring about it it matters you start caring about figuring it. out you where you start you're, paying attention, and once again, figuring out where you're going to be in the ecosystem, supporting good candidates, yeah. understanding what they're standing for. Uh, there's Listening. a financial component of this. Yes. Take like, time. Like, yes, these are things that that we should be doing, because you might not think it matters, and I'm telling you, it matters. And on that point on COVID, if this administration's wondering why they are struggling to meet their vaccination goals. Perhaps it's because of the messaging that's been coming out of this White House for the past 48 hours. Yeah. They have lost the public's trust. Oh, yes. And they've lost it because there's zero consistency. I'm going to end this with this, Rendon. You know who Marcus Luttrell is? Yes. Lone Survivor. Wrote, wrote, wrote the book Lone Survivor. Yeah. So I'm on Fox News this morning. Actually, about an hour before I went on Fox Business. You mean Mark Wahlberg? 
Make marks. <laughs> Nothing in life, by the way. Miscasted on that. One. Marcus Luttrell was on, and I'll, I'll sing you the clip because it, it might bring a tear to your eye. Yeah. Because Marcus was just his heart was open and he was just talking. The commentator was trying to bait him into basically trashing the Biden administration. You don't know what he said. She asked him a question: What would you tell? Joe Biden right now. And he paused. He said, I'm praying for him. Wow. He said, I'm praying for him. He said, I, he said I'm not, I'm not going to get in the business of bashing him and talking trash and this, that, and the third. He said, I'm praying for him. And I want him to do the right thing. And I want him to get our people out. That's what he said. Wow. That's what he said. That is the American soldier. So to, to, to end this, unfortunately, to get this right, we know what has to be done. And we need to do it. And we should do it. And I'm praying that he does it. We messed up. Yeah. We got to get this back. And it's going and, and to take some force. It's going to take some more deployments. It's going to take putting us in harm's way. But that's why we went to West Point. That's why we signed up. We signed up to risk our lives to do the right thing, even when our government fails us. And we do it with a sense of service and gratitude in our heart. And we don't care if you messed up. Yeah. We got to go get our people. Let me tell you, life starts from now on. Yeah. Okay. And once again, I don't need to hear these excuses about why this happened and why we pulled out. I don't need to. Life starts from now on. What let's, are we going to let, do? Let's fix this, man. What are we going to do? We, we got to fix this. We have to get this right. Because I am not comfortable with the potential. We had to live through a 9-11. I don't want my kids to ever live through a 9-11. We give up Afghanistan and leave it the way it is. There will be another 9-11. Don't kid yourself. There is an assault from that part of the world on our way of life. For people, they get to drive to Starbucks every day and get their soy lattes. You get to do that because people are shedding blood all over the country so the bad guys don't get us over here. That's why you get to do that. Don't ever forget that. There are people that will walk into a crowded restaurant in downtown Houston and will have no issue with taking out a dull knife and sawing everybody's head off in that room. Don't kid yourself. Just because you're Amer just because you're you are an, an American. They will do it. And they're all over the world. Now you may not like that, and that may sound gruesome, but it's the truth. And having an insecure Afghanistan, I'm here to tell you. I will never forget sitting at West Point and watching an American get get his get his head cut off. You kidding me? You don't think we could go back to that? They waited us out. They're dying to do it again. They waited till we were weak, and they will strike. And I'm not a fear monger, and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, scare you into thinking. You've already that said no. It's the no, truth. We're better than that. Here's the thing: we can stop it. We can absolutely stop it. Yeah, it's not saying that that we're fear mongering and it's not possible. It's like we can stop. It. We've no, been stopping it. No, we can stop it. We we can stop it. We can stop it. How many 9-11s has there been since 9-11? Thank you. We can stop it. We've been stopping it. Yeah. 
take us out. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing to say. So remember, <laughs> hey, we're going to go with a dull knife and cut people's heads off. Remember, That's smiles are contagious. contagious so, so make someone's, someone's day. day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Have, have a great week. You know, hard topic for us to talk about for sure. Yeah, and I, I'll take a page out of Latrell's book. I'll be praying for our president as, as we I. as we move forward. On as well, I, I will assure you, I Wesley Hunt will be praying for Joe Biden. Yeah, God bless you. God bless you. <laughs>